This is the Worship Atmosphere Podcast, episode number four, Responsibility of Ministers. As ministers, you and I have a great responsibility both to God and to the people that we serve. And today, we're going to do a deep dive into just what our responsibility is. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Troy King, and I know that ministry is a tremendous blessing, but it's also challenging and sometimes lonely. I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. Together, we'll explore the mindset and heart set of ministry so that you can nurture a worship atmosphere in your church where people can encounter God and worship Him freely. This is the Worship Atmosphere Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Troy King from worshipatmosphere.com. So glad that you're here. I want to encourage you to visit the website worshipatmosphere.com and subscribe. And you can also uh, check the show out on YouTube and uh, make sure you subscribe to the show and hit the bell icon so you get notified of new episodes. But today we're talking about responsibility of ministers. If you are in ministry and because you're watching this or listening to it, I assume that you're probably in ministry. Maybe you were called, maybe you were coerced or forced due to life circumstances, whatever the case may be, we have a responsibility both to God and to the people that we serve. So let's dive into this and explore a little bit more. Now I will preface this with, um, over the summer I read a book called Revival God's Way by Leonard Ravenhill, and I do highly recommend it. But some of the things that we're going to talk about today, uh, some of the ideas come from that book or uh, some of these points were were uh, highlighted in the book, and I wanted to present those to you today. So, the first point that I have is that ministers are called to weep. We are called to weep, to agonize, and to plead for the lost, both sinners and saints who have gone to sleep. Now, there is no scriptural backing for once saved, always saved. It's just not there in scripture. We need to, as Paul said, die out to ourselves daily. And, you know, we're on a journey to draw closer to the Lord. And sometimes we sit down because we're tired, because we want to break, because we get distracted, fill in the blank with whatever you want. And sometimes we forget to stand back up and keep going. And we go to sleep sitting on this bench. And I believe based on my own experiences and observations, that most of the people who come to church, um, if, if they are not responding to what God is, is doing, then they are asleep, right? Uh, now, we're all sinners, even those who are saved. We are still sinners. We live in these bodies that are prone to sin. But you know, there are those who are actively engaging their, their walk with God. And there are others who sit in the back and you don't see them move a muscle for the entire service. And they're there either because of habit or something in them does want more. And there's some part of them that's trying to wake up, but they're asleep. They're asleep. And it's my opinion that as ministers, it's our job to help wake them up. It's our responsibility to preach or to speak in a way that engages with them. For a long time, and even still to this day, 
whenever I would uh, introduce the service or welcome people in, I would try to have some biblical concept, right? Not shooting from the hip, I pray, uh, but having some biblical concept that I could uh, introduce to them and and get them thinking, get them woken up a little bit, get them like, oh, I never realized that, or you know, that's a different way of looking at that verse. I never considered that before, and now I'm, now I'm, you know, the part of me that 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 is inside of me that that wants to to wake up. It's starting to to like what? Take notice. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Here's something interesting in Joel that is definitely worth checking out. Dress yourselves in burlap and weep, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come spend the night in burlap, you ministers of my God. It's Joel 1.13. Joel 2.17, he says, Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray, Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become, become an object of mockery. Here we have the priests and their task is to intercede on behalf of the people that they would that they would not fall away, that they would not become an object of mockery. But it, it, it's, it's t stated twice in, in close proximity to each other that we are called to weep and to agonize and to intercede on behalf of those who are lost and the saints who've gone to sleep uh, for for all people even those who are active right for those who are who are awake we need to pray for those people as well it's not about ministry is not about getting the the glory of being up front or the pleasure of holding a microphone it's about serving people and helping them get to where they need to be because most of us are not where we need to be that's just the raw truth of it. So where do our passions lie? Right? What, what are we trying to do when we are preparing in our ministerial role? Are we pursuing a love for God and his people or a love for the microphone? A love for the platform? Perhaps you come from a long line of ministers and it's been expected of you to continue on in that tradition and so, it's just sort of what you know, what you do. But are you there for the people? Are you there to preach God's word? To send a wake-up call to those poor saints who've gone to sleep? Or are you there for the status, for the ego? Right? You get to be on a platform. At our church, we don't have a platform. When they remodeled some years ago, it was decided by the leadership team to remove the platform so that no one would be higher than anybody else. That was intentional. Jesus talks about how uh, there are people, priests in, in that day, who, who would love to put on the priestly robes and walk around and be addressed as rabbi. They were in it not to serve the people, but they were in it for themselves. And Jesus really, really despised those people because they were there to receive and not to give or is our passion for broken and hurting people 
lost souls. Again, these saints who've gone to sleep. What is our passion? Do we have a desperation deep in our soul to see a stale and sleeping church brought back to life by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God? That's the thing that we need to really examine. What is our purpose in ministry? What's in your heart? Jesus knows. He knows what's in your heart, even if you don't. You need to find out if you don't. If we're in it just for ourselves, if we're in it just to, to get that ministerial card and have that reverend before your name or, or whatever it may be, you know, if it's, if that's the goal, if that's the purpose, I'll tell you what, a long time ago, several years ago, uh, so Jesus called me to be uh, in music ministry many, many years ago, probably uh, nine years ago now. And it was three years ago when he spoke to me again and really convicted my heart to go deeper into ministry, to go beyond just leading worship, but to also uh, to study his word more in-depthly and, and preach as well. What I noticed across the board, really, was that there are a lot of people who show up and they sit there and they're not engaged. And they may come to church, they may call themselves Christian, but they aren't truly following after Jesus. They're not truly pursuing his Holy Spirit and all that, uh, all, all the blessing that God wants to give. And so the Lord really put it into my heart that I, I have to help wake people up. I have to. I can't stand by and look at his church grow stale and weak. Because that's what's happening to a lot of us. And we can't do that. We've got to wake ourselves up. We've got to wake up others. And we need God's Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. It is His promise. It is new life. And we need it inside of us changing the way we think, changing the way we act, changing our priorities, changing our passions. It's so important. So, so very important. So how do we get there? Fasting appropriately, okay? Uh, prayer, but not just thanks God for this food or I lay me down to sleep. It's an intercessory prayer, where we stand in the gap for those we are praying for. I would say it's even where we are weeping, right? That's what Joel was talking about, intercessory prayer, where we are standing between the people and God. And we are weeping, we are begging, we are pleading for mercy, because we are a sinful people in the presence of a holy God. I'll tell you what we don't need. We don't need another program. We don't need another task list of things to do. We don't need more busy work. We need someone who will pray and weep and intercede for lost sheep. That is the call. But how can we weep if we don't care? <laughs> right? <laughs> how can we 
weep for the lost saints if we don't care about their souls. Are we that heartless? That's why we need God's Spirit. Because when we stop caring by our own power, God can pick it up and help us to continue caring at a deeper level. We're not left to our own strength, our own will, or our own devices. Because then we would get the glory. But God gets the glory because he does the work. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 5-6. through 6. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old, the old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Now, when I read this, what, what came to my mind is that written laws are synonymous with material constructs, right? The Ten Commandments written on stone. Here's some written law, but they didn't understand the idea and the heart behind those commandments. And I think as, as, as people, we are so focused on what we can do with our own hands that, oh, I want to reach the law, so we got to do, um, we got to do more, more busy work. We got to do more this and that and have programs. But you know what? Sometimes, as we talked about in episode two of the Worship Atmosphere podcast, is that sometimes the busy work actually gets in the way of our relationship with God. And we can't afford to have our relationship with God interrupted because of busy work. We have got to maintain our relationship with him and seek after the fullness of his spirit in our lives because that's where the results come from. It comes from God. He may tell you to start a bus ministry. He may tell you to to do something. But it needs to be in addition to and not replacement of intercessory prayer, spending time with God, and weeping and pleading for his lost people. Community programs are nice. They have their place. But they aren't going to grow the church. Yeah, it, it may bring in visitors. It may bring in people but it won't grow the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just because you have bodies in the seats doesn't mean your church is growing. A growing church is when people are being... Acts! The book of Acts tells us that as people received the Spirit, they were baptized in the name of... They repented, they received... uh, They were baptized in the name of Jesus, and they received the Spirit, the church was growing. It doesn't say that... They're, they're, uh, they had to get a bigger building to, because they had too many people. doesn't say that. But the church was growing because they had the Spirit. That's church growth. Souls in the hearts, not bottoms in the seats. There's a huge difference. So what do we do next? I hope I've made this clear. 
We need to fast. We need to pray. We need to seek after the Lord. We need to seek the Lord's burden. Seek the Lord's anointing. I love this. In uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Isn't that amazing? God Almighty, glorious in splendor, he's humble in heart. He deserves all praise and glory and adoration from all creation forever and ever, but yet he is humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, for the longest time, when I, when I read that, I thought, the burden of living for God, right? We can live in the world and deal with all the hardship, but, it, but if you live for God, if you have a relationship with Jesus, then the burdens of living for him are, are lighter in comparison to the burdens of the world. And that's not what it means. This was a slap in the face when I, uh, when uh, Brother Ravenhill wrote this in his book. What is the burden of Jesus? We saw it when he ministered to the multitudes. Right? He saw them as helpless sheep and he had pity on them. He felt bad for them. That's why he fed them. So they wouldn't have to disperse and go hunting around for food. And maybe some didn't even have money for food. Most probably didn't. But his burden was for those people. So if we can ask for his burden to be upon us. But he says his burden is light. Because you know what? When we have his spirit, it lightens. Because it... Trying to save the whole world, that's an awfully soul-crushing burden. But when we have the Spirit of God guiding us and directing us and, and helping us, then his burden becomes a light. But it's meaningful. The burden isn't about grabbing the microphone and having an awesome sermon prepared and, and maybe you, you, pound, you get all whipped up and you, you get some amens out of the crowd. That's not what it's about. His burden is to minister to the people and to wake them up. We have got to do that, my friends, as ministers of God. We're standing in the gap. I would encourage you, as you are spending time in prayer, to call out the name of every family in your church. Ask for God's blessing and anointing upon them. And then, Lord, if there's anyone I forgot, you know, depending on how big your church is, please bless them. But we need to spend time in the presence of God, seeking his burden, praying for his people, that his will would be done by his spirit, and see what he'll do. I hope this episode has encouraged you. I hope that you have found a new conviction from the Lord deep in your heart that will propel you to do the things we've talked about today. Make some time, whether late at night or early in the morning, but spend some time in the presence of the Lord and really seek after Him and see what He puts in your heart. 
So until next time, my friends, I pray the Lord will go with you and strengthen you and will, will reveal himself to you. Please remember to visit worshipatmosphere.com and subscribe via iTunes or RSS. And we're also on YouTube. I mean me. I'm on YouTube. You can find me on Worship Atmosphere. Uh, I got my own channel there. And uh, hit the bell icon so you get notified of new episodes. And please share. If you like this, this video uh, on YouTube, please hit the like button. Share it with a friend. Share it with another minister who you think could benefit from this. And uh, I would really appreciate it if you'd help me get the word out there. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. God bless.